Welcome to the Rowing Repeater. I am Cody Tucker, joined by Jared Newland. We thought we would do a little quickie for basketball. I know right now, Jared, everybody's finally, it's kind of it's kind of coming in waves. Like one second, everybody's excited about basketball. The next second, everybody's excited about football. Right now, we're going to give that to football, but we need to give basketball a little love. They're 2-1 and one right now, and I got to admit, you know, coming off that loss to Southeast Louisiana on Sunday, a 76-72 setback inside the Arena Auditorium. I can't lie, Jared, that took something out of me a little bit. It did, and, um, you know, being there live in person, it was just one of those things that was the Cowboys were flat until like three minutes to go in the game. They didn't start pressing until about three minutes to go in the game. They missed way too many shots, and the majority of those were three-pointers. They're jacking up those at a record pace right now. And they're just not falling. And then there was several two to three foot jumpers in the in the lane that Hunter Maldonado missed that he normally knocks those down and they just weren't falling for him. So it, it was it was a weird game from the get go. And you could kind of sense the whole game like this is gonna be a battle from here on out because Southeast Louisiana, you gotta give them credit. Mm-hmm. They were at CSU on Friday night at elevation, come to Laramie, higher elevation. And gave the Cowboys everything they they wanted and more on their home court. <laughs> yeah, and Southeast Louisiana lost at CSU by eleven, but that score was not indicative of how close that game was. It was like a two to four point game with right, like about a minute to go. Yeah, and and I'm definitely not giving the Cowboys any excuses. And and you know, just to let you know, I actually did not make it over on Sunday. I had prior obligations, so I couldn't be there. But heard nothing but bad heard it was um the atmosphere was not good uh not many people in the crowd i can see by looking at numbers 13 of 42 from behind the arc um the cowboys are number one in the country three-point attempts per game at 37 they've played three games jared guess how many three-pointers they've made in three games i'm cheating but 37 isn't that sick it is 37 of 112 i know graham ek is not in this lineup but they're, they have tall, lanky. They got. They have size. Odin Ogbongpolo. Powell's not playing hardly any minutes at all. Why can't he be an inside presence right now, especially early in non-conference season? You know the the rotations. Obviously, Coach Linder and the staff have their hands full on trying to figure out what rotations are going to work early on um, with all these non-conference games. Obviously, the other day they they didn't work very well, uh, but a lot of that is cold shooting. But you know you. You wonder why if they are 12, 13 deep on this team and he wants to run, why aren't they pressing from the get-go? Especially a team like this that's been on the road for their second game. Great point. Yeah. Southeast Louisiana. They don't start pressing until about three minutes to go, and it worked. They caused several turnovers. Right. And and then they made them go to the lines when they didn't, and they they you know they would miss front ends every once in a while, which was great because they were they were under the 10, the 10 foul limit at the time. So mm-hmm. it... It's strange, but I mean, you and I aren't coaches, and right. the you know the the four thousand fans that show up to the games right now aren't aren't coaches by any means. So um, we got to let them do their job, and um, they'll figure this out. I mean, the, it's a long season, and I want to harp on this a little bit because there are upsets happening all over the country. This isn't this doesn't define who the Cowboys are, and this isn't going to this isn't going to determine if they get in the tournament or not. It is not a large bit if that if that's what it comes down to. This is going to most likely be a game we're going to look back and go, remember when Wyoming got their eyes opened? Exactly. Yep. Because, I mean, you need to talk me off the ledge a little bit here because I I was stunned 
to see this happen and then to immediately when I saw the score I dug into the stats and I went what in the world so if you're I know we're not coaches but if you're missing shots like this don't you say Noah Reynolds go to the rack and I know you said Maldo missed a few inside but keep going there that's high percentage exactly and there were the backing in type ones too to where he would turn around with the the one hand I don't want to say hook shot but kind of a hook shot and a floater mix mm-hmm. and they just went off the back of their rim so many times wow. and you know and not the, getting rebounds exactly but they out rebounded the team close to 10 mm-hmm. and they had 18 offensive rebounds in that game mm-hmm. and they just mm-hmm. didn't get the second chance points that they normally would so but th- you know, the selection committee in the long run is going to look back and say, you know what, the preseason player of the year in the Mountain West did not play in certain games. And so say, you know, they, they start the Virgin Islands Classic on Friday and um, they play Howard. And if they can get by that team, then we'll see who they play and, and so forth. But say they go two and one in this tournament or maybe maybe they say maybe you go one and two. Right. The selection committee is still going to look at these games and say, hey, the preseason player of the year did not play. Yeah. Yes, they are loaded with talent, but their game is inside or you know outside to Graham kicks it back out or he takes it to the rack. Yeah, this that's offense how, goes to room. That's how they won all the games last year. Went to the NCAA tournament. Right. So it and there are a lot of upsets already happening. Grambling goes to CU, beats the Buffs. South Dakota State goes to Boise State, beats the Broncos. Then you turn around and CU goes to 11th ranked um, Tennessee, beats them. Northwestern State, who plays in the same league as Nickel State and Southeast Louisiana, wins at 15th-ranked TCU. Yeah. There are upsets happening all over the country in college basketball, and a lot of that has to do with the transfer portal. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, heck, I know it wasn't a win, but Gardner-Webb darn near won in Fort Collins last week. Yep. And Gardner-Webb did beat somebody earlier this year already. <laughs> How were you— I want to know what you were thinking coming away from the first two games. The first one obviously went over Colorado Christian, a Division II school. That was a 102 to 69 game. Nichols, 75 68. Um, what did you walk out of those games feeling like? The first two, wow, this Cowboy team's deep. Mm-hmm. And. I, I don't want to be on that bench trying to figure out that rotation. Right. Because there, it's going to be different based on matchups and who's hot and who's not. That's I right. Mean, People, like, for instance, are freaking out about Xavier Ducell, a guy who plays who's played so much over the last two years. Coach Linder didn't bat an eye when somebody said, you worried about Ducell? He was like, the matchup didn't, yeah. didn't fit him, and that's the luxury of what we can do. But now in the age of transfer portal, people are going, oh, my God, it's a matter of time. You know, Ducell needs to grow his hair back out. Yeah, <laughs> too short right for now. starters. Maybe his balance is off. <laughs> no, but it's going to be all based on matchups and um, what the other team has and what they don't have. And um, you know, and Ducell is a blue collar type of a worker on the court. If, what's best for the team is best for him. Sure. I mean that that's the way that's what I gather from Xavier Ducell. Smart I mean, kid. And yeah, he, you might see him hang his head a little bit and everything. I don't know if that's out of frustration of not getting playing time. I think it's frustration that he did something wrong. Right. And something I noticed he did, he, he did get some time against Colorado Christian, but three quick fouls. Um, and we saw that last year. I mean, he's so aggressive on the defensive end that he's picking up a lot of cheap fouls, and that's going to get you on the bench too. And I'm sure that the coaches are all saying, you can't be using just your arms and your hands. You have to move your feet. Yeah. And, you know, We've we talked a little bit about um, on the kickoff show a little basketball stuff about the new rules, mm-hmm. um, that new flopping rule. I'm seeing 
both ways right now. I mean, I, watching some games on TV, I, in fact, I watched Gonzaga, Texas last night. They called a kid for flopping, and it was so blatantly a charge. I mean, mm-hmm. the guy lowered his shoulder, drilled him, knocked him over, and they called it a flop. And even uh, Chris Beard was like, for Texas, like, how did you just call that? I mean, <laughs> well, it's preseason for the refs too, right, Jared? And and we all have seen <laughs> that too. That the crews, the crew for Colorado Christian was a veteran crew. The crews for the next two games, I've never even seen these people before. And one of them looked like he should have a walker. That's how old this guy was. Was Southeast Louisiana as muddy as the Nichols game was, where it was just there was zero flow to that game? At times there was, uh, but. You got to give Southeast Louisiana a lot of credit. They are very athletic. They came in confident in what they were going to be able to do. And I, I don't know their names, but they had uh, two brothers on the team that were very good, and they they were sw- they had swagger. Yeah. And then number three, I don't know that kid's name, but he can shoot. And they were just athletic as all get out. Well, before we came on the air, we were we were bitching about the attendance and how everybody was supposedly so excited about this team, and, and we can get into that a little deeper, but something that kills my love, like last night you said, I just, I just watched Gonzaga in Texas. You couldn't have paid me to watch Gonzaga in Texas, and I'll tell you why. Because of what we're talking about. I cannot stand a lot of aspects of the game of basketball because of that. It kills the flow. And it's every single time down the floor. And it's painful to watch. And I always talk about this one game, CSU-Wyoming. I live in Michigan. I'm sitting at home doing absolutely nothing on a Saturday once. CSU-Wyoming's on national television. And I'm like, oh, sweet. This doesn't happen. Cracked a beer. Turned it off right about mm, five minutes into the second half. Because they were trending toward the most fouls in the history of a Mountain West basketball game. I can't stand it. Yeah, it. there are times when you see refs take control right away and say this is going to be one of those nights where we're going to call 40 fouls. You, and, but then there's other times where, hey, I like the flow of this. And I've, I've said it many a times, and I'm going to keep saying it. When you see some of these Mountain West refs, and they're not just Mountain West refs, they're a West coalition, so you see them in the Big 12, you see them in the Pac-12. They call games differently when they're on national TV in a Big 12 game or a Pac-12 game or even a big-time Mountain West game. You see them call games differently. Why? I have no idea, but you do. You see the Dave Halls, the Vern Harris's, the Randy McCall's. Just, and the, the way they run up and down the court when it's a, a big-time game, it's, they're showboating. And, and we all know uh, Dave Hall loves to go to the review. Yeah. monitor yeah he does it at least one time a game and if it's on national tv he might do it two or three times a game and of course it's probably if you look at all the things it's probably all evens out but it just appears that way well there's something to it because the times when i do sit down and become a basketball junkie like a lot of people in america is during the tournament and it seems like those are where they kind of get out of the way and you know i covered a, a huge program in michigan state for two seasons and it wasn't nearly like this. It wasn't like this at all, in fact. I mean, this stuff can get downright painful. Well, in one instance the other day against Southeast Louisiana, Wyoming had just scored. Louisiana is um, taking the ball out. Uh, Noah Reynolds runs up, 
he was like a half court and he runs up to position himself different. They inbound the ball. Uh, Southeast Louisiana players running by him um, flicks his hand into the um, nether region of Noah Reynolds and drops him. They don't do anything. Noah Reynolds is laying on the ground. They finish the play down there Why on the other end of the court. Wyoming um, commits a foul. And then, so Wyoming's coaches are saying, look at what just happened over there. And they were like, well, what happened? Well, first of all, open your eyes. <laughs> yeah, you're right Stop there. play. So they let the play go at the other end. Uh, Southeast, after all, the, it was all figured out. The kid gets kicked out of the game. So they, I don't know, it's not a punch, but he, he flicked him in the, in the nether region. No. And so he leaves the game. They let Southeast Louisiana shoot a free throw to finish that, complete that play. And then Noah Reynolds comes down and, you know, shoots the technical and then Wyoming gets the ball. But there was like 20 seconds that had disappeared off the clock too. And it was crunch time. So I don't understand how they couldn't say, all right, we're waving that playoff. Should have been stopped here. Add some time. Add the time back on the clock. He shoots the free throws, and then Wyoming gets the ball again. Did I, you, I just don't understand that. Right. That concept, and, and, and maybe you can't stop the play, which yeah. I suppose that's probably the reason why. Did Jeff Linder's head explode? I didn't see him going totally bananas, to be honest with you. It, but it was one of those things that was, and you probably see it out of Jeff enough. He's probably. Like, Get up. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. he probably didn't really know what happened. Until he did somebody... get a technical yelling at his own player. Yeah. In the NCAA tournament. So, <laughs> and if I was Jeff during that game, I would have gotten a technical for sure just to fire your team up. Right, right. So, do you think right now, Jared, there's just too many moving parts and he needs to figure out seven, eight dudes? And, and I asked him this before the season started. Are you, how excited are you to play with all these different lineups? And he said, I want to set six or seven, and he you almost has to, to right? You have to, yeah, yeah. And and you know, if there's foul trouble, obviously you have somebody to go to. Um, but every day in practice, you got to earn your way into that six, seven, eight man rotation. The other ones are going to be sitting on the bench. Who's who's your starting five right now in the Virgin Islands when they're playing Howard starting Friday? Uh, let me pull up their roster so I can remember who's all on the team. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, obviously Hunter. Maldonado, uh, Ethan Anderson. So Ethan's running your point. Yes. I hate saying this, but I like I like the three the three guard rotation with Noah Reynolds in there too because Noah's like said he can get to the rack. So I think that's where you can go small, or else you bring in the Ogbong Polo Odin, and you have to have those two in there because of their athleticism. Yeah, um, but and these guys are six nine. You know, and Hunter Thompson's jumping center right now, which is just odd to me. Yeah. I mean, no offense to Hunter, but have you ever seen him dunk a ball? Uh, Maybe one uh, in his career. He's got a pretty shot. He don't need to. Be I know, dunking. but but there are times. <laughs> and give Hunter a lot of credit. He is going to the boards more than he has ever gone to his boards in his previous five years. In and Wyoming L- Linder Jersey. loves him going to the boards on the offensive side. Yes, more and, so. And they, he is doing it. But there are times when he like he doesn't know or can't feel the sense that there's nobody behind him. He needs to turn around and put the ball back up, and he dishes it outside again. Go up and dunk the ball yeah. with some authority. When I see this many three-point attempts, I just I think low percentage. And you know, I know this team can get hot, and they can turn that number around pretty quickly, but 
that's an in-game adjustment, right? I mean, when they're just not falling, you just go to the rack. I mean, we used to see it with Steve McLean's teams all the time. If if they're not hitting, if Dante Richardson wasn't hitting and Bailey wasn't hitting a couple, uh, Jay Straight's going to the rack. Chris McMillan's going to the rack. Uh, you know, guys like that. Brandon Ewing eventually going to the rack. That's just Brad, Brad Jones was probably the best at it. Shooting three-pointers is kind of a comparison to um, being a 300 baseball yeah. Hitter. Yeah. You're a Hall of Famer if you're a 300 hitter. Absolutely. And in basketball, if you're hitting 30% of your three pointers, that's pretty dang good. Mm-hmm. But Wyoming needs to step it up because they're not hitting 33%. Yeah. And uh, the other thing that is not Jeff Linder team like is their three point defense. They're 255th in the country right now. Opponents are hitting 20, have hit 26 of 73 from beyond the arc, 35.6%. That hurts. It does. When you're not hitting your threes and they're hitting theirs. And when you look at those three games, I mean, and they're gonna, it's going to happen all the time that guys make contested shots. I yeah. Mean, kudos to them for doing so. It seems like Wyoming's opponents right now are making more contested shots because a lot of times the guys are on them. Well, and maybe these guys with this rotation just aren't on the court long enough to get any kind of rhythm going. And then you add in some whistles to boot, and you're just – that's – That's a recipe for disaster. That's hitting the nail on the head right there. Uh, So the Cowboys uh, are down in the U.S. Virgin Islands, wherever that is. I assume it's somewhere south of Florida. Um, (laughs) (laughs) They're taking on Howard in the first contest down there. Um, That contest is set for 1.15 p.m. Mountain Time on Friday. And uh, ESPN3 will be showing the entirety of the tournament. Uh, You talk to... Uh, Reese Monaco and uh, I talked to Kevin McKinney actually (laughs) so obviously they have a football game to call on Friday and football is always first priority for the first broadcast team and Keith who does the cowgirl games cowgirls have a game on Friday night so he can't sub in so I called Kevin I was like what are you guys doing because I used to be in that position to try to figure out what they do Mm -hmm. and uh, Kevin goes well we're doing it remotely and I was like Really? I said, how? And then he explained it. So the control center that all the, the poke vision's done out of in the arena, it's, it's nice, by the way. It's a broadcast truck in a permanent location. It's, it's very nice. There's screens everywhere, monitors. It's, Dennis does a really good job there. And um, so they're going to watch the game via the ESPN3 feed of at least two cameras, possibly a third we're, we might hear. Mm-hmm. But they're going to call the game from that. And it's going to be just fine because ESPNU has been calling football and basketball games via virtual for many years, even before COVID. Well, you remember the Texas State-Wyoming game down in San Marcos, the yeah. football game? That one was one of the infamous, infamous ones because I heard it wasn't very uh, <laughs> ideal. And you had to pay for it on ESPN+. Plus. Yeah, uh, but and, you see it all the time now. and like, With COVID. Yeah, but yeah. it was even pre-COVID that they started. It was co- It's cost-cutting measures, and it's... If it works, it works. Who cares? I mean, and by the way, you don't have to pay for ESPN three. You just have to go to their app, correct? And, yeah, and you can stream it. Yep, just stream it on their app, and it should. When you pull up the ESPN scoreboard and go to the you know Mountain West basketball, it should say watch, and you can watch it on one and pull up the the KOWB or K two app, um, and and listen to the Cowboy broadcast and simulcast it that way. And it should be lined up, I would think. You would think. I, I hope it's not a big delay, but um, sometimes with satellite feeds and all that kind of stuff, it might be. Who knows? But give it a try. 
Well, the Cowboys are forcing nearly 18 turnovers a game. That's 62nd in the nation. You would think they'd be making hay off of all of those freebies, but they are not. Looking forward to seeing if this is a big chance to hit the reset button. Yeah, I think you know Virgin Islands Classic come out of there. Um, obviously, three and zero would be the best scenario. A two and one would be a really good tournament for the Cowboys, in my opinion. Uh, just don't be worse than that. Uh, take care of business. Go one and zero, as Craig Bull says, one game at a time, and go from there. Um, yeah, and they better figure it out because when they get home, they have to go play Santa Clara on the 30th in Salt Lake City. Very good team. Very good team. Then come home for probably their marquee non-conference home game of the year against Grand Canyon, and that will take place on December 3rd. Then it's Texas A&M Commerce. Louisiana Tech is pretty salty team. And then it's Dayton, of course, who uh, lost at UNLV, what, last night, two nights ago? They uh, Two nights ago. Two nights ago. The running Rebels with one of their biggest wins. And then it's St. Mary's uh, in Phoenix. But that game in Dayton, uh, against Dayton, of course, is in, the, in Chicago's United Center and then St. Mary's in Phoenix. Then it's conference time. So hopefully we see a Graham E.K. would be really nice before that Dayton game. It would be. And... You That's know, the 17th of December, by the way. Which so, would be hmm. right at, around that six-day six week mark. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I just want to give a shout-out to um, some other sports that are going on real quick. Cowgirls off to a rough start, 0-2 so far. Had a great game with Gonzaga the yeah, other night. Did. Gave them everything they wanted. Gonzaga's gone to five straight um, NCAA tournaments. Just went cold at the end. Up six, or yeah, up six with about two minutes to go. Gonzaga scores eight straight and wins a game. Yep. Um, and then Cowboy Wrestling is off <laughs> and running already. Yep. Uh, they hosted the Cowboy Open last week, had five individual champions and 16 total place winners because there's a lot of A, B, and C guys going right now. They are without Stephen Buchanan, Wyoming's stud, yeah. number two ranked at 197 right now, and it doesn't look like he's going to be in the lineup on Friday night at seventh-ranked Oklahoma State either. What a duel that'll be. What a way to open the duel season yeah. inside gallagher Arena in Stillwater. That is one series that has been there since Mark Branch has come from Oklahoma State. He's had that duel set. Usually they go down there or um, and do Oklahoma and Oklahoma State, and sometimes in the same day oh. they'll do that. And But Wyoming was putting the whooping on Oklahoma enough where Oklahoma won't duel them anymore. <laughs> And it's like, you're in the same conference in wrestling, the Big 12. Just line up. That just shows you how good Oklahoma State is, though, right? Oh, yeah. I mean. Yeah. And Wyoming has yet to beat Oklahoma State. There was a couple times when it's been close. What was just, that, 30-3 to three last year? Yeah. In Laramie, or was that in Laramie or Cheyenne? I think it was Laramie. Uh, it was Laramie, yeah. yeah. Yep, last year. Yep. And then um, and another shout-out to former wrestler Archie Colgan. Mm-hmm. He is going to be competing in Bellator, and I'm not—I don't even know the number. It's MMA stuff. I'm—I'm I'm not an expert at this any, by any means, but it, it's paid for you this weekend. So if you get a chance, and Archie is undefeated right now, and he's on the main ticket. I think six and zero. Oh, yep, I want to say. I, th- I think that's right. So, uh, get if you get a chance, if you're into that kind of stuff, give it a watch. Yeah, absolutely. Um, also, you know, another kudos to Colin Corbin and, and her soccer team and what they did this year. Just, you know, penalty shots or penalty kicks. Penalty kicks at the end of a game. That's that's a brutal way to lose the Mountain West Championship. But uh, looks like that program's trending in the right direction. To absolutely. Say the least. Yep. Congrats to the Cowgirls. And I know there was a lot of people watching uh, during that, that championship game night for sure. Well, Pokes and Howard, 1 15 p.m. Mountain Time. 
and then they take Saturday off. Yeah. And then they'll play Sunday and Monday, both TBAs, of course. But those are also on um, ESPN3. And I'm glad they're taking Saturday off because there's kind of a gigantic game in Laramie, which we will talk about on the kickoff show. You're going to have to switch over to that one, folks, where we're going to break down the CSU win, of course. Wyoming winning for the sixth time in the last seven meetings against the Rams. This one was a little close for comfort, but a win's a win. And a uh, big one against Boise State Saturday night in Laramie. And we're going to do some more roaring repeaters. And, you know, maybe it's just Cody, which is fine. I don't need nope. to be on all these. You don't need to hear me. <laughs> I can but do these from home, especially on these days where it's so miserable and snowy and horrible out. We are going to have some fun and get some guests in, too, though, yep. on these roaring repeaters. It's Definitely. And talk other things than just cowboy and cowgirl athletics. Yeah. We'll just talk about everything. All right. <laughs> That's scary. That's a scary thought. All right, guys, we'll uh, hit you up next week.